Welcome back to What's Your Bliss. My name is Thomas Ragland, and I am so delighted to be coming to you again another week. My guest today is Brian Burneman, a well-being leader and founder of Conscious Action in New Zealand. Brian, welcome. We're so excited to have you, and tell us What's Your Bliss. Thank you, Thomas. Thank you for having me here. Um, I love this question, first of all, and thank you for, for sharing that. Um, my bliss is the moment of deep connections with myself, with other people, and with nature. So I would say those are the moments that bring me bliss, yes. Awesome. Well, let's dive into that a little bit. Um, just starting with kind of your personal history, how did you find yourself uh, looking for these connections with, within yourself, within others, uh, and within nature? Yes, thank you for that. I, I, I need to start when I was young, growing up in Argentina. Um, as a 10-year-old, or my first 10 years, my parents started to go on their own personal development journey or spiritual journey. And little by little, all of those things started to come home and they would bring it into the dinner table and into different conversations and into the books that they would recommend. And as well, they started to recommend me and my siblings if we wanted to go to some meditation classes or yoga classes or different teachings that were happening. And for whatever reason, I resonated with all of this that they were sharing. Um, I studied as a late teenager to really get into all of this. And it was really interesting because up until that moment, I was a regular kid into sure. sports, going to school. Um, I might not have been the most regular kid, but in a <laughs> sense, you know, quite, quite similar than, than most of people my age. But one of the things was that I was super shy and I was really stressed and completely out of touch with what was going on in my body, with my feelings, with my emotions. And all of these different teachings that little by little I started to get introduced to, they were incredible in that transformation for me, in showing me a different way of living and especially a different way of being and being able to be more connected with my body, with my experience, with my feelings, being able to, to slow down, especially the chatter in my mind, but as well slow down time and give myself the space to process that which was happening at each moment and to be able to respond to life accordingly instead mm -hmm. of to react. And this has been why for me, the times of practice by myself, those moments that I'm able to every single day make the, the time to, to create that ritual that I do yeah. to connect with myself. The times when, when I'm able to actually have a conversation like we are having now, that we are taking time to have a conversation mm -hmm. and it's not small talk. I, I don't like really spend my time doing small talk with people i like to have deep conversations yeah. or i prefer to stay by myself mm -hmm. um but those moments of deep conversations when especially if it's in person looking at someone else in their eyes 
and being able to to connect heart to heart um those moments are really special and as well when i'm able to to be out in nature in the environment that is conducive to those moments of connection and mm. to be able to to get that glimpse or that sense of communion and oneness with yeah. everything so yes that for me it's it's incredible and in terms of a little bit more about my own journey at one point this was now uh nine years ago almost 10 years ago i i left argentina and at one point i decided i was going to go deeper into the practice that i was doing that my main practice was tibetan yoga and tibetan buddhism and i went to live in California to a middle of the mountain on a retreat center and I lived there for a few years and that that was really transformational in terms of being able to to bring into my everyday life those things that I was able to have glimpses during my practices mm -hmm. and that has been really the foundation for everything else and for the past six years that I've been living in New Zealand this has been really the foundation from what I create everything that I do. That's awesome. What brought you to New Zealand from the work that you were doing in California? I think that life, the universe, <laughs> however we want to call it, sure. uh, I, I wasn't planning on it. I was planning on staying there longer um, for whatever reason, my extension of my visa wasn't approved so from one day to the next i had to leave the us and mm -hmm. i didn't have any plan and i had a friend um, back from argentina that he was living in new zealand and every year he would send me a text that it was time to apply for the working holiday visa and mm -hmm. every year it's like sorry i'm here sorry i'm there because right. i live in a few different places and he just happened to message me mm, in the right time and everything happened yeah so that i ended up one year later being here in new zealand and it's been wonderful <laughs> that's great that's amazing that's an amazing journey uh i always tell people that within the united states i've worked and lived in every mainland time zone but you have me quite beat uh when it comes to that in terms of the distance that you've been able to to live and and, and kind of be that's amazing mm -hmm. I'm curious for you, when you're thinking about these connections with yourself, with others, with nature, how does mindfulness play into that? Um, how does that? How does that come out for you? How does that show up? Mm, definitely. You know, for me, the practice of being mindful, I equate it a lot with being present. Mm. And for me to be able to, to connect, and, and this sometimes this is semantics, and, and I love a lot of times when I'm, when I'm sharing, especially if I am, uh, I'm speaking or I'm running a workshop for some business or corporate client that it's not people that are more spiritually aligned, perhaps. I tend to use less the words meditation. Now mindfulness is starting to get into those spaces. So now it's mm -hmm. okay to share it there. But I used to say, I used to use the word connection and the yeah. word presence. So it's, it's about understanding that by being mindful, by being present, especially paying attention, being aware of what is happening in my body, in my experience around me, 
with my senses? What are the things that are happening? Even noticing the thoughts that are showing up, the more that I'm doing that, the more that I'm connecting with this moment now. Mm-hmm. And the more that I'm able to do that, the more that even though perhaps I am still thinking, as I have the awareness of that, I am relaxing into this moment. And when I am being in this moment, then I can do that. Then I can actually have those moments of deep connection. And I think that it's really important that we don't get too attached with with those labels and those meanings behind that. And we get more into the experiential part of it. Mm. And for me, that is really a huge difference because it's not everyone that through the years that I've been um, in contact with many, many people when I'm running workshops and when I'm working that there's a lot of people that watch videos or listen to podcasts about personal growth or spirituality or that read a lot of books, yet they have never actually done any of those things. Hmm. And with that, I, I, I always share that that's incredible, really good. Now, put that into experience because that's where that benefit is. It's really nice to know about it, but if we don't put it into practice, then we're actually missing the most important part. I'd much rather have the experience without knowing what I'm doing than knowing I'm not doing it. That really resonates with me um, for a variety of reasons, but it reminds me of the work in my professional life and working with um, one of the things that happened over the last year is that I work at a university and one of the one of the things that we've seen across the nation with universities this year um, since the murder of George Floyd was this idea of how do we become anti-racist institutions and a lot of what people have done including my own institution to be frank is to talk about how we get there and one of the things that myself and several others at our institution have pushed is okay, we we have a good framework. It's time to put it into action. And how do we move from this, this kind of theoretical slash kind of goal-oriented piece to let's just make the action happen and let's let's do what we can with what we have, still learning, obviously, still growing, but how do we push forward? So that idea of moving forward, and, and I you, you mentioned it being semantics, but I think the idea of being present is so important and it's it it takes you almost into that space of action by being present um and i think that 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 really speaks to me as well yeah and and you know this is one of the reasons why with my business conscious action both aspects of it are so important because action without awareness or without the knowledge might be actually an action that is Mm, going in the right in the wrong direction it might go in the right could be harmful yeah yeah exactly but awareness without the action as well as you were saying like yeah really nice to have that framework really Mm -hmm. nice but and so what so for example like in i remember in one of the the first events with the conscious action that that we had that it was about reducing 
um, the amount of rubbish that we are creating as individuals, it's really nice to know, okay, this is what happens if I buy these products. This is what happens with recycling. This is what happens if I compost it. Now, what are you, like to each person, this was to each person, what are you going to do now that you've heard all of this, now that you know all of this, that are aware of all of this, what are you going to start doing? And that's part of the event. We take the time to get everyone to connect with what they learned and to connect with what resonated and to see, okay, now what is the action? And it doesn't need to be everything. It's just what is the next thing that I can do differently or that I can do more of or that I can start to action based on this new awareness. Well, that's a good segue. I wanted to talk about conscious action um, and how that came to be and what um, kind of the core tenets are uh, for our listeners. Um, I really, I think you all have a very easy to navigate uh, website and have a lot of good resources and materials, but please tell uh, tell everyone, you know, what conscious action is all about, how it came to be. Sounds like it started uh, just a few years ago, but you all are really doing some awesome stuff. Yeah, definitely. So, Five, I'll go back five years ago. I was my second year here in New Zealand. I, I, was, I needed to find a place to work, to stay in the country. So I wanted to, to actually stay here and to live here. So I found work on a startup that was uh, wanting to create a network of wellness centers around the country. And I, I started to work there. And with the core team that we had there, I had a really good relationship. And unfortunately, after one year, the main investor had to pull out and the entire like, business ended. So after a while that I needed to sort out my situation here legally to be able to stay, I got together with one of the other leaders in that business. And we were like, what if we do a lot of the things that we're planning on doing there, just without that physical space and without that backing, and just do it by ourselves. Um, we, by chance, the following night, we ended up going to the same uh, event. It was a screening mm-hmm. of the documentary Plastic Ocean, which I recommend everyone to watch it if they haven't yet. Yeah. Um, there were around, I would say, 50 people in the in the space watching the documentary. Um, the documentary ended, and it was okay. Thank you, you know. And as I was waiting outside, talking with with my friend, we were noticing how a lot of the people that were around were having a lot of negative remarks and were really discouraged of how bad the situation is. And I thought, you know, that's such a missed opportunity because. All of these people now know about this and instead of going home depressed or right. stressed or in, in a negative like mind like point of view then we could actually do something that shows them okay yes this is how it is in that in that aspect now what can we do so being more empowering and inspiring instead of negative so the following day, we got together and we said, okay, let's do something about this. We grabbed a piece of paper, we put the word why, 
and we started to throw words of why we wanted to actually start doing this. And the two words that were most prevalent thereafter with the deliberate brainstorming and, and spent some time with that were awareness and action. That's where conscious action came about. We started to come up with what were the core values for us. And those were connection, collaboration, and celebration. So connection with ourselves, with the environment, and with like-minded people, collaboration with those that are doing similar things in the similar space, instead of seeing everything and everyone as competition, and celebrating that which is already being done, small or big. And I think that that's really important because a lot of times we don't realize that those small incremental actions really matter, mm-hmm. and showcasing the people that are doing those amazing things. And and then in basically in three hours, we got the web domain, we registered as a business, we wrote the website and the website that has been there for up until a few weeks ago that I started updating a few things and I'm updating still now was there for the last three and a half years, the same <laughs> website. Yeah. Uh, and we created the first few events and things started to actually work. So it was like, okay, let's do this. Um, and it has been for the, almost the, for the past four years, it has been really, really nice to be able to, to gather and to be able to talk with people about so many different topics that relate to conscious living. And, and one of the things that started to happen as we were doing the events and we were working was that we realized that underlying all of our values was the value of compassion mm. was compassion for ourselves and compassion for others because we know what we know and we are ignorant of so many things until someone shows us that or until we learn that and to create a change in a way that we believe that is going to be the most beneficial is not pointing fingers, but it's about having conversations, about understanding that if someone else is doing something that I believe that that is negative or that's bad, understanding most likely they are not doing that because they are bad people. It's because they are doing something that they know to be normal they don't know better perhaps or perhaps they do but it's not yet in their awareness to actually create the change so Mm -hmm. it's how can we have those conversations how can we be nice and kind and be compassionate because everyone is doing the best that they can so it's been really really nice to be able to touch on subjects that go from mental well-being physical well-being spirituality um food like veganism and plant-based diets um going to talk about money and fashion and sustainable and ethical practices and to be able to create in like uh, we did one event on on one of the whale and dolphin uh watch boats and we did uh, testing for microplastics and we had a marine biologist explaining all of the science behind that. So learning more about uh, microplastics in the ocean and doing beach cleanups and doing city cleanups and all different topics that are really important in our everyday life, especially as well, how can we 
be more relaxed at ease? How can we create more of a community and connection? And how can we reduce some of the negative impact that we're having in the environment? And how can we have a much greater positive impact? That's amazing, really. I'm, I'm really in awe of kind of not just the the philosophical pieces behind it. And I, and I love that you all went back after seeing kind of your core three tenants and saying, there's something else here that's, that's binding all of this together. And the idea of adding compassion into that. And one of the things you talked about is, is kind of the intentionality behind people's actions and that maybe not even matching um, their own personal beliefs sometimes. And I also think it's what it sounds like to me is it's also meeting people where they're at and, and helping people find, you know, Hey, this action to, to go back to the action part of it, this action works for you right now. And then other people are going to be at a different place and that's okay. That doesn't mean anybody's less than that's just living authentically to where, where we're at right now. Um, I'm curious, you, th- th- this brought up also, because you're talking a lot about cleanups and and, and re- reducing waste. And one of the things that I know is uh, core for you is this idea of zero waste. And I'm curious, is there a way to achieve that true zero waste mentality and, 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 and life? Is there a way to have zero waste in your life? Well, I, I would say the, the concept of, of zero waste, I, I believe that it's not achievable. I... I I think that I use the word zero waste just because it's the word that it's been used. I sure. would call it more low waste or low footprint. That is definitely achievable. But also knowing that if we are alive, we will have a footprint. Mm-hmm. So this goes back to how do we want to live our lives? Where are we? Because this is also really important, depending on where we are living what kind of access to different things we have. Right. Because in this modern world, there's a lot of things that are about convenience, really. Um, and there are so many people that are living their lives on automatic pilots, just moving fast, but fast. I don't know where they're going. I don't think that they know where they're going, <laughs> but we are going fast, right? Mm-hmm. And going back to what you said before, that this is one of the biggest things with conscious action is, Okay, slowing down to realize what do I care about and how can I start to match my actions to my values. Mm -hmm. It's not about you acting according to my values, it's you acting according to your values. But the majority of people don't know their values. And one of the things that I realized through this was that I cared a lot about my health. I cared a lot about the environment. I cared a lot about all sentient beings, including animals. So I started to realize, okay, if I care about this, where can I start to reduce or to align? Where can I start to align more my values to my actions? And I started to notice that I was buying things, for example, at the supermarket. Most of things in the supermarket come with the packaging. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, what's the alternative here? Because that didn't align with me, especially if it was plastic packaging. So I started to go to the farmer's market, buying local, knowing the people that I'm buying it from, which means no packaging, it's mm-hmm. fresh, it's, it hasn't traveled um, kilometers or miles and miles and miles, so reducing as well the carbon footprint there. So that was like, oh, that's um, amazing. 
then here in Auckland, in New Zealand, there started to be more and more um, what would be called package-free stores, so mm. refilleries. So then I could go there and buy all of my grains and my legumes and to buy all of my seeds and whatever I was buying, I could I could buy it there. So then I'm like, okay, so then if I am buying at the farmer's market and I'm buying it there and I'm making my own food, so I'm not eating much out and stuff like that. So I can get everything just in terms of my food like that. Mm-hmm. Then allowing myself to live in a way that I don't need to have a car. I don't own a car. So I can walk. I live close enough to the co-working space that I use. And if I need to go for work somewhere a little bit further away, then I Uber or something like that, um, or use as much as possible public transport if I'm not walking, trying to reduce my footprint with that. And most of the times, for most people, the biggest thing is what we consume every single day. And knowing that if we slow down and if we notice, especially for someone that is listening to us now, we are really privileged. So we might not be super wealthy or whatever, depending on our circumstances, yet we are super privileged. If we have time to listen to this, we have a device and we have the time. So if we're listening to this, we have the time to actually, we have the privilege to buy and consume. And for me, becoming a little bit more minimalist in my life, Mm -hmm. really paying attention to do I need the things that I have and do I need to buy something else? So I almost don't buy anything that I don't need. So I have enough t-shirts. I've been wearing almost the same t-shirts for like 15 years, Mm -hmm. except a few new t-shirts that I got from a shop that I really, really like that it's, all organic and the values behind what they are doing is really really amazing so Mm -hmm. it's voting with my dollar on that and as well the more that i started to reduce is outside of food and transportation almost everything that we buy are unnecessary stuff Mm -hmm. so it's it was about reducing that and then seeing especially on my food my food habits as i said before doing that and with certain things you know for me, and, and I'm, I'm vegan, so I eat a plant-based diet. And with that as well, it's been a choice to not buy things that, for me, are not aligned with my overall values. So for example, I love tempeh. For the ones that don't know what tempeh is, Google that. It's a really nice source of, of protein for anyone that is vegan or non-vegan. And one of the things with that is that most of the tempeh here in New Zealand, at least, you can only buy it with plastic packaging. Mm -hmm. So then I don't buy it. So I only eat tempeh if I'm eating out at the restaurant that I already know that I'm not going to have any say on how they came about those ingredients anyways. So then I use that. But I try not to eat much out because of that. I don't have much of a saying how they source most of things that they source so the more that i can actually look at those things and 
I have actually for the past three years, I I have created and I have somewhere out there um, on one of the peanut butter charts that I ate and I kept. It's still, I think, at a quarter full of my personal rubbish of the last three years. So <laughs> I know that this is doable. And I'm not, you know, like uh, someone that is very different than a lot of people in that sense, other than I took the time to connect with myself and to connect with what I care about and to live in alignment. And I believe that the more that we do that, and I don't care about how everybody else does right. that. That's, that's you or that's them. Each one with their own thing. And as well, knowing that the most sustainable um, thing that we can do in terms of consumption is to use what we already have. Hmm. So, for example, this jersey that I have now, this is not something that I would buy with my awareness now, but I've had this for the last 15 years. Right. So if I would get rid of this and buy something new, that would be more unsustainable. So this is a little bit of seeing like what you already own, that's the best thing. So if you already have, you know, jars instead of throwing them or recycling them, that recycling actually, like I don't even want to get into that, but almost doesn't exist, um, using your jars. What other use can you give to that? So right. trying to get more in that reusing mindset and trying to reduce as much as possible. Right. I really I value the idea, and I, I completely agree. We could we could do a whole separate podcast on recycling and what actually makes it to the the actually re the recycled process and and all of that. But uh, the idea around sustainability being how do you how do you just basically reuse, right? The whole like uh, reduce, reuse, recycle, but the, but the reuse part of that is something that I think we, uh, but even the reduce part is also something that you're talking about here. And, and they go really hand in hand. If you can reduce your consumption, then you're also, you know, by and large, you're going to be reusing things. Like you said, your, your peanut butter jar, which, uh, you know, holds, um, you know, kind of your trash and, and that type of stuff. And yeah, people don't always think about it, though I will say, you know, coming from a, a family where you know, every uh, butter jar became a Tupperware container, I think uh, that, that maybe instilled in some of us, but it's, yeah, it's definitely, I, I think, again, I, I keep going back to this idea of the conscious piece behind that, right? And it's, like you said, you may not have um, say over kind of what everybody else does, but you can be conscious about the decisions you're making and you can make different decisions each day you can make a, de a decision that makes sense for that day but it's it is being very thoughtful um with kind of every piece that you're doing yeah and also one of the things for me that is really important as well is not being hard on ourselves sure. for not making the right choice or for not um, having made the right choices mm. i didn't know before what i know now so I'm not going to feel guilty and I'm not going to to point fingers at myself because of that. The same as I'm not doing it for anybody else. This is where the compassion aspect right. comes in. Also for for myself. And knowing that sometimes, you know, I and I talked with a lot of people of course around these topics, and I say, you know, 
if if you're running from one place to the next and you need to go and get takeout, go and take takeout. If you're going to actually be struggling, you know, in, in your mind for hours and hours, go and buy it. I mean, right. the, the, this is just my approach. Other people would say perhaps sure. don't buy it. I, I normally like, I, there was one day because I normally, mm, I, I am prepared. And this is one of the other things. I am prepared. I know that every single day I'm going to most likely eat. So I always take with me my reusable bag with a container just in case that I need to go and get something with the cutlery that I have in my bag. So with my reusable bottle, uh, water bottle, I am prepared usually. And I usually take my own food and stuff like that. But one day I was giving a talk um, at the university and then I had to go to do another workshop and I didn't realize that that was going to take so long. Mm -hmm. So then by the time that I got home, it was really late and I was walking back home and I couldn't find any place that was open that late that had vegan food that was without any plastic packaging. So I just decided, you know, I'm just going to fast. And I know that that's not for everyone. <laughs> sure. So that's why I'm like, I'm saying you do what feels right for you because the majority of things that we can reduce, that's the way to go. And it's not going to be perfect. Like I still, I, I love, of course now it's difficult, but I love traveling around the world. I, will, I love discovering and I love going to visit my family. Um, I know the impact of flying. So I know that I'm still choosing consciously to do that. Therefore, I choose as much in every other aspect as possible to reduce my footprint. So that's for, so that's really, for me really, really, important, really important to know. No, I care, no, I care about being able to, to be with my family once in a year or once every two years than, than not having to, to travel because of, of the footprint that that has. Sure. Yeah, I, 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 and you, it brings it back to something else you said earlier, which is you, part of it is it's making the right decision for you. Absolutely. And it's also, it's, it, it's, it's just that recognition of, again, different needs for different days, right? There, there are going to be times where we, we may have to make a decision that we wouldn't normally make or, or we're preparing for a decision like, like seeing your family who are very far away. Um, and, and there is a, a, a cost we'll say associated with that, but, but also it's, well, I can, I can do things that still live up to my, my values. And I'm guessing that seeing your family and, and knowing as someone who cares about connection with other people and, and that community aspect, family is probably also a strong value for you. So it's it's not a compromising of your values. It's just a shifting of kind of the, the daily kind of, uh, it's almost like a local versus global type of way of looking about it is kind of, kind of how I see it. It also reminds me of um, Liz Bush, who's a life coach out in New Zealand, talks about authenticity specifically um, working with with the deeper truth of who you are rather than against it and being all of who you are. Um, and, and that also resonates with me as something kind of what you're talking about. It's it's accepting all parts of you. It's not assigning judgment to that. Yes, definitely. And, you know, I do a lot of times with a lot of people, um, 
an exercise about taking time to write down our values and writing mm. down what we care about and then starting to put you know what's more important as you say for me family community trumps the impact of the flying right. yet you know there's a lot of different things most people it has my experience they have no idea what they stand for so then how can you align your values to that which you don't know that you care about and as well and this is the next step that i do especially when i'm working with my coaching clients we do a lot of work on trying to realize which of these values are actually your values and which of them have been that you've been conditioned by your family by your culture right. by your community so again like you know I, a lot of times when I talk to people and they know or they discover that I'm from Argentina and they feel an, a vegan Argentinian, you know, like it's kind of like that doesn't go together. I'm like, well, yes, like my culture gave me this, but I I took the time to work on myself. And I think that this is really important for me in terms of the entire movement of sustainability and climate change and, and all of that talk from more of that arena i believe that the most important thing that we can do for that is self-development mm. so the more that we connect with ourselves the more that we realize as you say who am i authentically who is the real me which is never a fixed thing it's always an evolving dynamic energy that keeps on changing I can question certain things, but I can use that as the foundation for me creating the change in how my impact in the world is from that sustainable and regenerative climate change perspective, because I'm also going to have a huge impact on people's lives energetically. And the ripple effect that we create is huge. And I believe a lot on, on energy. I believe that everything is energy. So the energy that I'm putting out there with my own practice, I'm actually being of benefit to the world, even though there's no perhaps tangible uh, sure. thing with when I'm doing that. Well, that makes a lot of sense. I'm curious, and I've tried to make a lot of these episodes uh, um, kind of not live within like a certain time capsule. I want them to be evergreen, but but I think it's important as we're talking about living in the time we're living in this idea of what the pandemic maybe did to uh, i'm curious if that had any impact on conscious action and but i'm also curious how that altered if at all your your perception of connectedness and also recognizing that new zealand's uh way of responding to the pandemic was vastly different than the united states and a lot of good things came out of New Zealand's response and, and how they handled that. So um, I do want to recognize that piece, but I am curious just in general, um, whether globally or, or just within, you know, within New Zealand itself, if you saw a difference in connectedness um, or, or if you see a difference in kind of the way your perception of that is, and again, like if there, if there was any direct impact to conscious action uh, as a result. Yeah, I'm going to start with the direct impact. That's mm -hmm. a yes. Uh, we did a lot of in-person events and gatherings and all of that, of course, for quite a while that stopped. 
sure. and even once we were able to to return to things being open here in New Zealand, as you mentioned, that it was way quicker than in a lot of places. Um, still, things weren't um, really easy to know. Will we go back to uh, lockdown? Will we not? So the in-person events really um, stopped a lot. So therefore, we needed to shift a little bit into doing a few more things online, sure. into focusing. Uh, for, for me, it was more focusing on the coaching aspect that I was already doing a lot online and the teaching uh, that I teach at one of the universities here that stayed to be online. So I just focused on those things that I knew that could continue, whether things were open or not. And little by little, uh, we started to, to do some events. I do think in general, without minimizing the impact on all of the challenges that this time has brought, I do believe that there's a lot of things that came out of it that are positive and we're still going through it. It's interesting a lot of times here in New Zealand, people talk about it as a past, you know, like the pandemic, like, right. uh, I know talking a lot of times with my family abroad, like that's still going on. It's creating the time for people to slow down, to be at mm -hmm. home. For those that were prepared for that to be alone that i believe was really beneficial and will be super beneficial yet at the same time i think that in terms of connection for the people that are not ready or weren't ready with their own practice to mm -hmm. be okay to be at home by themselves and that they didn't have that already created discipline to be able to sit and to be with what is because there's so much going on and everyone was impacted differently. Some people, their work and their finances, their family, their health, so many things that changed. And if someone didn't have the same foundation as I know that I have, these were challenging times. Right. And I know that as well. What's one of the worst punishments that we have in society is isolation. Right. on prisons so there is there is um, a reason why that is the, the worst punishment and this is one of the things that as well um, I have seen a huge amount of mental well-being issues yeah. uh, I have had because of that a lot more clients um, so from a business perspective in a sense that was positive yet I was like oh actually I would have preferred to not have that sure. business and yeah. people to be well. But I do think that there's a lot of opportunities that this brought and that is people realize more the importance and the value of connection, of mm -hmm. family, of community, of supporting each other in ways that it's not just a financial what's my gain kind of perspective. Um, to be able to give the earth a little bit of a breather um, to not do so much movement in terms of of flying and tracks and, and all of that stuff yet at the same time it was really interesting because a lot more people started to buy things <laughs> online and that also creates another issue but overall i think that if we use this 
as an opportunity, then what's coming at the other end of it will be good. Yet, I do believe that every time that there's more growth and there's more um, development, we have more capacity to also see the negatives. So I'm able to see more that which is not that good. And, and I see this as well in society, you know, as you were saying before with George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter movement or the MeToo movement and, or all of the things that we're seeing that are really bad. Now we are in a place where because there's enough involvement or enough energy or consciousness to be able to look at that, we're seeing that. Yet that has been happening. Right. It's not that, oh, now this is happening. Now we're just pointing the light into it. For whatever reason, we have that capacity now. And that brings about, of course, a lot of negative things because now we need to deal with that. But as well, it creates the opportunity that we can solve it. So being able to actually see both things and being able to see the opportunities inside of the crisis and the pandemic and to be able to, to review what are the things that we care about. And I know for a lot of people, a lot of people change their careers. Mm-hmm. A lot of people decide, you know, actually, I'm not going to work there anymore or I'm going to start my own thing or actually that was really important, you know, reevaluating our lives. Um, some people that perhaps were pushing themselves too much now are able to s- slow down a little bit because they realize their own health is more important than making perhaps a little bit more money. So I think for everyone, of course, this is different. Right. But I, I'd like to believe that it's a positive turning point with lots of work to be done. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's how do we build on that momentum? How, like you said, the, and this is something I talked about in a previous episode too, but this idea that isolation, the, the, one of the benefits that it did is exactly what you said. It, it made us understand the value of community and the, and the value of connectedness. I think what it also did to your point, because I think one of the things that's been kind of a theme throughout our conversation is it's really hard to know how to make a difference or how to do something for other people if you don't know your own values. And I think not for everybody. And like you said, there are plenty of people who struggled mightily throughout all of this and are still struggling. But for the people that were able to to just live and get by and 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 alter their work or or whatever, I've been working remotely for 14 months. Uh, I've been very lucky to do that. Um, but I think it's shown, I think it's been able to, you talked about shining the light on, on, you know, kind of social issues and things like that. But I think what it has done is also shine the light on ourselves and say, what do we value? And is this something to your point, some people change jobs out of necessity. And some people said, I don't have to keep doing this because I can do something else. I can, I can find something that better aligns with my values or better is better going to align with, with what I need in in my life. And so I really do think that, I think that you're right. I think this, uh, this idea of connectedness, I I think it's always been there, but especially in in Western societies and certainly, especially in America, like the idea of, of individualism often triumphs that and i think we we had to go to such an extreme individualism that it really made us go well actually let's go back the other way and let's let's really try to build that connectedness with other people again 
Yes, and I and I do believe, and I and I hold this view that every human being is a kind, loving being, and I think that in times like this, it's where, as you were just saying, we can slow down to notice that that is the case, and how can we be in connection with everyone else, and actually knowing that we all are connected, and if in the middle of a pandemic. I don't extend my hand. I, as a privileged man, don't extend my hand to a homeless person that, you know, there's no place for them to isolate. Like, I could stay at home. I could be by myself. I could, you know, like, uh, I, I live with my housemates. I rent a room. I'm, I'm okay <laughs> in that sense. Right. Lots of people were in. So what can I do? And, and as, I, as I mentioned before, you know, I'm not wealthy. I live like, okay. But still within that, how can I help? And I think that this shift, as you were saying, from individualism to more connectedness and more cooperation will also lead us to realize the importance that we all have for each other to lift us all up and to be able to create the solution by connecting with each other in ways that sometimes money is not even involved. So, you know, being able to, to cook something and give it to someone else, then the other person does, like sharing that and the ripple effect of being kind and, and doing something kind just for the sake of that and not because, you know, someone else will know that it was me or anything like that just being generous, I think that that will also shift the way that we are uh, as community in the world, but it starts with our own communities. I, I think that it's much easier to act local and to connect with the people around you mm -hmm. and to start to know that, you know, yes, I might not be able to give my time all the time to the people around me, but how many people know their neighbors? How many people know the person that is living next to you? And perhaps, you know, like some of their family members are struggling or someone just died. And I might make their day by giving them a, an extra plate or inviting them for dinner. And, you know, that's, that's not such a huge thing for me to do. But to have the awareness to be able mm -hmm. to do that, that is one of the things that will create the change. Absolutely. I also think it goes back to exactly what you talked about before. That underlying piece of all of it is that compassion. And to be able to have compassion for other people and to and to see what they're going through, to anticipate some of that, but also just to listen. And that is, you know, we we sometimes do get wrapped up in ourselves. And so I think that reframing that we're talking about here, that reframing of how do I not even put others first, how do I put others equal with me, right? How do I bring them with me? Um, it's not about necessarily prioritizing one or the other, it's how do we move together? And yeah. um, and I think, again, that that underlying piece is, is compassion. Mm. Well, as we're wrapping up here, one of the things I always do is just ask, um, you know, what what are ways, what are some initial steps that people can take for for them to find connectedness as a bliss for themselves? How do they find bliss in this connectedness either with themselves, this connectedness with nature, or this connectedness with other people? By slowing down, by creating spaces to connect in whichever way that is that you do that. So for some people that is 
meditation, for some people that is journaling, for some people that is going for a run, swimming, playing a sport, whatever it is that works for you, that connects you with yourself. The more that we can create space. And if you believe that you don't have the time to do that, put five minutes on your calendar, on your phone, so that you block that time each day. Everyone has five minutes. You have five minutes, I have five minutes. I'm not asking for one hour meditations or things like that. Five minutes that you take a pause, that you don't do anything rather than being with yourself or being in nature and being present when you are talking with someone. So instead of me grabbing my phone in a conversation, when I'm with someone, actually looking to them in the eyes and and being present to them. And I think that that for me is the beginning of how do we create that change by stopping and slowing down. Yeah, that, that slowing down really brings that consciousness to the forefront. It, it makes it kind of forces you to confront that. And I think that that's, I completely agree. And I, I think that's really probably hard for a lot of people to hear because we're not used to that. We're used to everything in our in our world is go faster, go faster, go faster. We want it now, right? It's instant. Mm -hmm. um, we have apps named for how instant they are, right? Um, but yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I think slowing down and and really just taking in your surroundings. And like you said, also just that kind of conscious act of paying attention to the the whatever is giving you engagement whether it's another person or whether it's nature or, uh, or whatnot i think that's that's phenomenal well brian i've really enjoyed our conversation our time really flew by uh, i'm sure we could do a few more hours of this and um there are a few things that i'd still uh love to get to at some point uh with you maybe we'll have you back on but um thank you so much for for agreeing to be a guest and it's been a, a wonderful conversation is there anything that you would like to promote Thank you, Thomas. Thank you for giving the, the time to, to share this conversation with you and to, to share some of these topics that are really, really important, really close to my heart. And in terms of promoting, I would just say to people, if you're using social media, go to Conscious Action NZ of, of New Zealand. Um, find us, follow us. If you're interested in any of the work that we're doing, I'm releasing some online courses. I do one-on-one -on -one work, so check it out. Go to consciousaction.co.nz as well. And if anything resonates, just send me a message. Absolutely. And we'll put the uh, information in the show notes as well so people know exactly where to go uh, to get all of that. Brian, once again, thank you so much, and we'll see you all next time. Thank you. You can find What's Your Bliss at anythingbutcredible.com and on all major podcast platforms, including Apple, Spotify, Google, and Stitcher. Please follow on Twitter and Instagram at YourBlissPod and like What's Your Bliss on Facebook. If you have any questions for me or if you'd like to be a guest or advertise on the podcast, please email me at yourblisspodcast at gmail.com. Please check out anythingbutcredible.com to find all the additional awesome content and podcasts, including Offended, Movie Merge, Going Off Topic, and of course, the Anything But Credible podcast. Mm -hmm.